you are about to listen to Pastor Tunji Oladimeji, the pastor in charge of RCCG The Royal Court. Listen and be blessed. Father, thank you for the privilege to be in church this morning. The Bible says in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures evermore. Lord, we thank you for our election yesterday. Thank you for the places where the election did not hold yesterday that is holding this morning. And thank you that in spite of bouts of confusion, relatively, you have given us peace. Thank you because this peace will last us the whole year. Lord, we know that we committed our elections unto you. Lord, what you have started, please accomplish them in Jesus' name. There'll be no confusion. Your name alone will be glorified. Through this process, you will bat a new Nigerian. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. In this morning service, please speak to us. Let our heavens open. Let every confusion standing in our path to destiny, today let them be uprooted. Send help to us, Lord. With the life of every one of us in this house, and the families that we represent, Father, demonstrate your faithfulness. Blessed be your name, our Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Someone please say, Amen. Someone whose life will experience the faithfulness of God. From this moment, can I hear you say, Amen. God bless you. Have your seats in Jesus' name. This morning, very briefly, before we pray, because all we have come to do this morning is to thank God, to encourage ourselves, and then to pray. Why do we need to thank God? Number one, we thank God because we are alive. Only the one who is alive can fulfill destiny. And I want you to help me look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I thank God that you're alive. Look at someone else and say, neighbor, I thank God that you're alive. Neighbor, you know why? Because you will fulfill destiny. Because you will fulfill destiny. If you believe you will fulfill destiny, say amen. So that's part of the reasons why we're here. To thank God because we're alive. There are times when people are not sick and they die. Uh, on Wednesday, I, was, I went to see some big man. And um, while I was with him, I saw his EA, his executive assistant, came in. I've not seen that guy in like three years because I've not been in that office in over three years. And I saw him with crutches. 
And so when he came back, I asked Chima, what happened to you? Why are you in crutches? And man said, oh, pastor, have you forgotten I mentioned to you? Three years ago, they had a project. He went to the bank not far from his office. He went to collect some large sum of money. And just at the junction of his office, some guys met him and they gunned him. You know, they shot him several times over and took the money. If a part of the testimony was like twice in the course of the multiples of surgery, the guy died twice, but God brought him back to life twice. So there are times when circumstances and situations of life makes people be in places where they should not be. And events just happen in their life. But again, I want you to help me look at your neighbor and say, thank God that no ugly incidents has happened in your life. That's where spirit is because of the faithfulness of God. On Thursday, Pastor Bimbo here and Taiwo and myself also were privileged to go see someone who just lost the brother. And I saw the mother, aged woman, of the one who just died sitting outside. So I told Pastor Bimbo, I said, I don't think this man knows yet that his son is dead. Pastor Bimbo said, oh, Pastor, I'm sure she knows. I said, no, she does not know. She will not know that her son is dead and she'll be sitting like that. And so I said, don't say anything until you are sure she knows. Because we went to commiserate with them. And so she quickly went into the house while I was engaging the mama. And the daughter said, mama has not heard. So we sat with the woman. We gisted, we joked, we talked politics, Saturday election, we prayed for her, and then we left. Now you are seated here. There's no member of your family that is dead. You are not a pain to your parents. People are not hiding information from you because they know the dad. And when I asked the daughter later, he said, This is the second child that this mama will be losing. It's an aberration for parents to bury their children. And that your parents have not buried you. God is worthy of thanksgiving. So we're here to say thank you to God. And by the way, the title of our message is God is Faithful. And again, we're thanking God. Because as we're approaching election 2023, which has not finished, just started yesterday, there were many speculations. Oh, this will happen. Oh, that will happen. Oh, that will happen. Yes, there were spams of confusion in location, including the ones that a man who is supposed to be the custodian. You know, there are many people who should be in jail in corridors of power in this country. Like you saw what the Kogi State Governor did. Eve to the election, went and dug the road. 
<laughs> destroyed three major roads so that election materials will not get to community. The roads that he did not make, he destroyed. So generally, if you look at the political class, at some point, because they usually have their plan, the plan will be to trap us. But God has seen to it that none of us is trapped. So that you are not trapped because of election. That the destiny of your locked ones are not being cut short because of election. The Lord deserves to be thanked. But bigger and better than all of these things, I want us to be thankful to God. Because we serve a God who is faithful. And like I mentioned, this the title of this little sermon. And it is because of his faithfulness that the plan of the devil had not prevailed over you, had not prevailed over me. If you look at First Thessalonians chapter 5, that's a directional scripture for today, verse 23 and 24. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you and I completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in 24, he said, He who called you is faithful, who also will do it. Who also will do what? Who also will see to it? He and I remain sanctified. And why sanctification? Until you and I are sanctified, our destinies cannot be fulfilled. John chapter 17 and verse 17. Jesus, as part of giving his account to his father, you know, was talking about the place of sanctification. He says, For their sake. I sanctified myself that they also might be sanctified. So sanctify them by your truth because your word is truth. The place of the word of God in our life is our utmost security. The place of the word of God in our life is the assurance that we have that our tomorrow will be all right. The place of the word of God in our life is the place of life. It's a place that sets aside the confusions of the enemy. John chapter 1 verse 4 and verse 5. In the word of God, that is God himself, was life. The life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness and darkness comprehends it not. So in the word of God, life is provided. Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So you and I are made alive by the word of God. So the word of God is a proof to you and I that God is interested in us.
that God spoke about you is the reason why there will be no confusion. After all, Psalms 127, verse 1 and 2, what did he say? Except the Lord builds the house, the laborers, the labor in vain. That you can walk and your work produce results, it is because of the Lord. That the Lord will speak and ask you to go in a particular route. It is because he knows that any other route will lead you outside of his will. Let me look at your neighbor and say from now on. I cannot hear his excitement. Say neighbor. In the name of Jesus. From now on. The grace to walk in the will of God. The Lord will give to you. Say, neighbor, you know why? Because when you are in the will of God, the bill is the bill of God. When you are in the will of God, the bill is the bill of God. Say it one more time. When you are in the will of God, you will not need to struggle because God will pick your bill. Your life is easier when you are in the will of God. Your life is beautiful when you're in the will of God. And so God will show us his will. He will reveal to us his ways. When Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he says, thy will be done. Here on earth, as it is in heaven, so it is what is happening in heaven that God is bringing to bear in your life and my life. And that's why I told them, let your kingdom come. But for you to experience the kingdom of God, you must be in his will. You must be in his will. And that's why sanctification is important. Because sanctification is the aid, is the assistance that a believer receives from God to help you fulfill destiny. Look at your neighbor one more time. See, it does not matter what the devil does. You will fulfill destiny. And so until you are there, you will have a lot of questions to ask. Like many may be asking, is God still faithful? Can we still rely on God? Is it true that God is still a righteous God? Or is it that it is only in the past that God is faithful? Has he lost his power? In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray for you. Everything that will make the power of your God diminish before you over your affairs will never happen to you in Jesus' name. The person I was saying lost the brother when she heard that the brother died. She was crying. 
I'm standing with her. She said, Pastor, but I prayed. Pastor, but I prayed. Come. This girl was in the spirit. And she was crying. I was wondering my spirit. She, you know, because she came to church, she sat where Innocent is sitting. And then she had. And then she just started crying uncontrollably. And so where I stood, I saw something was wrong. So I took her in there. And we're talking. And she was leading the praise. And she flipped to one ancient song that I don't hear anywhere. She started singing. And I was wondering, where is that coming from? You know, I, I thought I was hearing that song from another realm. But I knew it was happening right here. Because it was a song that was appropriate for the time. She didn't see what happened because her eyes were all closed. But she moved into that realm. And she was singing that song. It was pacifying. It was bringing peace. Because right where I was with that lady, I just plugged in. I was started singing, Ah, Muferi Jesu, Kima Wujure, Kima Korititi, Ni Paurire, Ni Luogoni, Kimbo Soke, Pemi Bo, Ejato, Mode, Hile Me. And I told her at that point, that guy has finished his race. And she stopped crying. She stopped crying. God bless you. You will never miss your place in God. In Jesus' name. And then she was asking, Pastor, I have not served any other thing from childhood. In fact, it was her that informed this message. Is God still faithful? Is God still true? Is God still the person that God says he is. But trust me, children of God, God is. God is faithful at all time. God is righteous at all time. And God is faithful because God became man. So that in his humanity, he became like us. Apostle Paul says we do not have an high priest who cannot identify with the feeling of our challenge. In that in every way that you and I were tempted, Christ was tempted, but he did not sin. John chapter 11. Martha came to Jesus. If he had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever it is that you say to God, God can answer. Jesus said to Ah, I am the resurrection and the life. Your brother will live again. He said, I know he will live in the resurrection morning. But before that day was over, joy was in their family. 
Can I announce on behalf of the Almighty God to everyone that is here under the influence of my voice that before today is over, joy will come into your families. What is that thing that the devil is using to torment you? What is that thing that is making you look like God does not exist anymore? If you look at Psalms 3, it is not today's matter. David said there are many people who look to me and said there is nothing for me anymore in God. He said how they have increased that trouble at me. How they multiply. Who say to me there is no help for me in God. Who say to me God has forgotten me. Who say to me God has abandoned me. Who say to me God is not looking for someone like you. But I said but thou O oh God are they shield unto me the glory and the lifter of my head and the moment he brought about that testimony in God his story changed look at your neighbor and say because of your trust in God say it like you mean a neighbor because of your trust in God your story will change your story will change in the name of Jesus Christ. So recognize, children of God, that God is faithful all the time. Find Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Moses was saying to the children of God that God is faithful. The reason why he's taking you into what is promised is because of his faithfulness. It's not because it's a title for God. Faithfulness is not a title for God. Faithfulness is the personality of God. He says God is faithful to a thousand generations of those who love and keep his commandment. Those who love and put their trust in him. I love the way Revelation 19 and verse 11 puts it. Revelation 19 and 11. He says he saw the heavens open john the beloved and when the heaven opened he saw a white horse came out from heaven and there was someone sitting on that white horse and his name is faithful so faithfulness is the nature of god because even when he judges he judges in his faithfulness people judge because of favoritism. People judge because of what they will get from other people. There are people who lie. There are people who pervert the cause of justice because they can get something from him. But every time Jesus judges, every time the Lord judges, it is because of his faithfulness. There was a story that was told us in Luke chapter 18. Jesus told them a parable that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then to illustrate what he was saying to them, he told them the parable of a, a, you know, a widow in a particular city who came to a judge who has no regard for God. He does not fear God. He has no regard for man. He said the widow came every day and said, avenge me of my adversary. Avenge me of the adversary. And that this judge for a while would not answer the woman. But because the woman was coming back consistently, consistently, he said, look, so that this woman does not weary me out. Let me respond to her. And he said, if this judge who does not fear me 
nor have regard for man can do what is right. What makes you think I will not do what's right? Look at your neighbor and say, what makes you think God will not do what is right for you? Look at someone else and say, what makes you think that God will not do what is right for you? God is righteous. God is faithful. God is just. His wisdom is unsearchable. God is faithful because if he says anything, it will come to pass. Psalms 89 verse 1. He says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. Say with my mouth, will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. Number two, if God gives you a dream, it will come to pass. If God gives you a dream, it will come to pass. And how do you know that God has given you a dream? Your dream will make you afraid. Because when you look at how to bring it to pass, you will know that except God helps you. For instance, I shared a dream with some people. <laughs> you know, they looked at me like, I think this guy is losing it. But I'm not losing it. Until your dream becomes too big and people will start thinking you're losing it, then you don't have a dream. Until your dream gets you to the point where you start making enemy, you don't have a dream. Because when your dream is big, people will think you're arrogant. Some people will think you're foolish. Some people will think that you're crossed over in the boss of sensibility. But none of that had happened. Because if the dream is from God, then God is about to make you a celebrity. Look at your neighbor and say, God is about to make you a celebrity. Oh, you, you, you don't even believe it yourself. You don't even believe it. Look at someone and say, God is about to make you a celebrity. Because God is putting an idea in you. An idea that is not from this world. If you look at 1 Kings, look with me to 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 56. It's a story that looks like it does not make sense. But God gave a dream and a brother to pass. What did he say? First Kings 8. Can you project? Even though I have it. What did he say? Can you read it? Can you read the one to go? If you have a physical Bible or an electronic Bible on the line there, that not one word failed. He gave rest to Israel because he made it as a promise. According to all that he promised, there are not one, not one word failed. Not one word failed. In your life, the word of God will not fail. He has not failed before. It will not start failing now. If he makes you a promise in career, it will not fail. If he makes you a promise in marriage, it will not fail. Oh, maybe I shared this before. But I won't, and I can't stop sharing. When my wife and I got married, I, I told you we didn't have children. 
But there was a day I was preaching. Now, God has showed me the children we're going to have. And one day I was talking in church, talking about fruitfulness. And I said, oh, many of you there will look at me and say, he's talking fruitfulness. He does not even have a child. I said, God has shown me my boys. In fact, two of them look particularly alike. That a lot of people wonder if they are twins. And I saw a woman right in the crowd doing like this. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> if I didn't know what God showed me, my legs would buckle. But today, do I have boys? I don't have them. I have three boys. So if God said it, it will happen. If God showed you, you will enter into. Did you not see what he said to Abraham? He said, walk round about as far as your eyes can see. I will give to you. Vision is important to manifestation. Vision is important to possession. You don't become what you can see. So maybe the question you should be asking is what do you see in the spirit? Do you see yourself as a husband? Do you see yourself as a wife? Do you see yourself as someone's parent? Do you see yourself as an employer of labor? Or you see yourself as someone who will be an employee for the rest of your life? What do you see? Because what you see is critical to where you're going. Even when God says it, if you do not receive the capacity to see into the future, then you can't become it. But because you are here this morning and the faithfulness of God is speaking over your life, God will change your vision. That God will touch your eyes of the spirit because it's not the physical eyes. And that's why Apostle Paul prayed to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1. He said that the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit might be enlightened. That you will see what is not visible to the ordinary eyes. Look at your neighbor and say, may the Lord anoint the eyes of your spirit. Touch your own eyes. Say, Father, anoint my eyes. You're not saying like someone who means, say, Father, anoint my eyes. So when you stand in the will of God and you key into his promise, his faithfulness will be evident over your life and everywhere you go. Even when the devil tries to raise his ugly head, God will bring down his head. Second Thessalonians 3.3, 3, he says the Lord is faithful who will release strength unto you and protect you from the evil one. He releases strength and protects you from the evil one. Let's round up. If you consider some stories in the Bible, Genesis 37, was talking about the story of the man called Joseph. Joseph was a man who received a dream. Joseph was a man who experienced the faithfulness of God. Everything God showed him went south. You can imagine God showing you that you will rule and then you become a slave. He was taken from his father's house where he was enjoying so much. A man with coat of many color. His coat of many color was soaked in blood. 
and they lied that a wild animal killed him. They threw him into the pit, took him from the pit, sold him to the Arabians. He went to the house of the Arabians. He became an house boy. From being an house boy, he went to prison. But from prison, he became the prime minister. And when Psalms 105 was talking about him later, he said the word of the Lord tried him. Tried him to see how faithful he was. If you look at the story of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, his story looked like that of Joseph. He was in his father's house, enjoying everything. Enjoying everything. And then when the Lord started thinking of the plan for salvation, he volunteered to come. You know, one of my most favorite scriptures in the Bible is John chapter 17. Because in John 17, you know some of what Jesus Christ said, I think that's 17, 19. He said, Father, one thing that I want you to do is that the glory that I shared with you from the beginning of time, I want all these people to come and see that glory so that they will know that I'm not lying. So that where I am with you, they might also be there. Jesus Christ had a glory with his Father, but stripped himself of that glory and he became a man of no reputation. He became a man who didn't matter. Isaiah chapter 53 was talking about him. He said like sheep before the shearer, he opened not his mouth. When you look at him, there was nothing comely, there was nothing beautiful about him that you should desire him. But he came from glory, he went back to glory. And there's no one here that is born of God that is not from glory. And so if you came from glory, it does not matter how much debt is poured on you, you become the glory of God. It does not matter how much debt. It does not matter how much confusion the devil tries to throw at you. By the time you shake off, you become the best that God had planned for you to be. Joseph became the best. Jesus became the best. And you will become the best. I say you will become the best. I say you will become the best. Let me show us one more scripture and then we'll close. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 19. What did he say? First Peter chapter 4 and verse 19. I, I want you to project it so we can see it. First Peter 4 and 19. Can you give that scripture to us? Is someone there? Can we read together? So what this is saying is that it does not matter what is happening to you as long as whatever thing is coming upon you is you being in the will of God. It's not you being a criminal. It's not you allowing the devil to leverage on you. It's a commit your soul unto God who is the creator of all things. Who will set aside all confusion? Because he said, I know the thought that I think towards this year, the Lord, the thought of good and not of evil. To give you a hope, to give you a future, to bring you to your expected end. How many of you believe that your expected end shall be glorious? But you must see it to start with. Because the Bible says, surely there is an end and dying expectation. So, what is your expectation 
concerning your tomorrow. And this is where I stop. Look at your neighbor and say, what is your expectations concerning your tomorrow? Look at someone else and say, what's your expectations concerning your tomorrow? Look at someone else and say, what is your expectations concerning your tomorrow? Why am I asking you to ask your neighbor? Because the Bible says in the presence of two or three witnesses, a matter is established. On this 26th day of February 2023, your neighbor asked you what your expectations are. So if you don't have one, you better catch one. Because until you see what God sees, you cannot become what God planned. But in the name of Jesus, you will become. Because God will show you. Rise up on your feet. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, let's hold on. Resolutely, unshakingly to the hope that we profess. For the one who promised his name is faithful. Hold on. Because faithful is coming for you. Hold on. For faithful is coming for you. Lift up your voice and say, Father, I thank you. I cannot hear you, brethren. Say, my father, I want to thank you. And I'm deliberate about this. I am thankful. I'm thankful for the gift of life. And I thank you for all the promises that you have for my life and for my home. Thank you that nothing will stop your plan for me. Thank you that nothing will stop your plan for me. Thank you for the hope for a great tomorrow. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Someone say amen. So when you come into church and pray, focus on God. I am not the one who will bring your promise to pass. As you are praying, I am praying. Tawo shared a testimony with me, I think it was about two, three days ago, about someone who was in church. Maybe it was Wednesday, maybe it was Thursday, I can't remember. And as we're rounding up, we're saying, pray to God that you will not have a better yesterday. And the person prayed. And before that night was over, that person had testimony, reflecting that he will not have a better testimony. And I did a voice note and said to Tawo, and Tawo sent it to me. So maybe it's time for you to testify. So focus on God and forget that you have a neighbor. Just focus on God. Lift up your voice and say, Father, I receive grace to hold on to your word until there is a performance. Go ahead and pray to the Almighty God. I receive grace to hold on to your word until there is a performance in my life. I receive grace. I hold on. I hold on. Thank you for there shall be a performance and nothing shall stop it. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we take the last prayer, all eyes closed, all eyes bowed. Are you here and you feel that you need to make peace with God? Are you here? You feel there's a need to ask God to forgive you, to... You know something is wrong.
and you want mercy to prevail. Now, I didn't create you. I'm not your judge. I didn't shed my blood for you. Jesus did. So you need the blood to flow in your direction. Whoever you are, wherever you are. If you lift your hand, it will be my joy to pray with you. I love to pray with you. If you have any such individual and want to make peace with yours, Jesus in the house, if you lift those hands, it will be my joy to pray with you. If we have any such individual, before we take the last prayer. Do we have anyone? Hallelujah. I want you to take the last prayer. Say, Father, I cannot hear you. Say, my Father, thank you. Because you have given me an assurance of a better tomorrow. So I refuse to have a better yesterday. Standing in agreement with your name and in your faithfulness, I speak into my life and into the life of everyone that is here today that we shall not have a better yesterday, but that tomorrow shall be colorful. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Someone who will not have a better yesterday, who have a colorful tomorrow, can I hear you shout a living hallelujah? Amen.